Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to this week's Three Tomatoes Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Kim Selby, the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter. And today, I get to welcome Eileen Williams to the podcast. You know how we like to celebrate women, quote, over a certain age, end quote? Well, Eileen has made a career out of celebrating midlife and beyond. Her website is called The Feisty Side of 50, where you can find great info that will inspire you and educate you. She has done many things in her life. She is an author, speaker, radio host, has done a host of other things. And I know this is going to be fun. So welcome, Eileen. Well, thank you, Kim. I am sure this is going to be fun, too. I'm looking forward to talking with you. (laughs) Well, first of all, you know, we have listeners of all ages, I believe. But, you know, for the most part, our listeners are over 40. And so I love your website, The Feisty Side of 50, and your little tagline, which is revolutionizing the spirit and style of aging. Boy, do I love that. How did you start The Feisty Side of 50, or what inspired you to do this? Well, there's a bit of a story uh, behind that. And so I may or, you know, I don't want to bore your audience right from the start. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, actually, one of the things around the title that I wanted to get out there is uh, when I started, it was back either the end of 2006 or the beginning of 2007. I I can't remember exactly. And it was one of the very first blogs uh, that was aimed at boomer women. I think there were only two or three of us at that point. And I was just so into postmenopausal zest and how the world opens up for you, especially if you grew up in the time when many of us did, which was when opportunities for women were oftentimes limited. So I, uh, it, it was important for me. That's the that's the kind of the background behind the title. And the reason it started is I was uh, I'd been a career counselor, as we mentioned, you know, early in the in the introduction, and outplacement consultant, which means I I help people discover their skill sets, their values, their motivators, and then give them the tools to get the jobs they wanted. But I, you know, after a while, you kind of want to do something more for yourself. So I thought way back then, I would write the definitive book on baby boomer women, which (laughs) I did, unfortunately, (laughs) never got published. But it was it was a great learning experience. It's one of those things, and I know you've had. Uh, I, in fact, I very much listened to with great interest to the podcast you and Cheryl did together about how sometimes these things that seem like 
potential disappointments or, you know, big life events that don't work out for you, actually give it a little time and a little uh, churning in the universe or whatever, and things turn out really well. So when I had wanted to publish the book, they said, well, you need a platform. And I go, great, what's a platform? And then, <laughs> you didn't want me to go build one out of wood and stand on Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. And anyway, I did get an agent and all that stuff, but they, they hawked the book in the fall of 2008, and everybody knows that was the beginning of the great uh, recession, not depression, but recession. And anyway, it didn't go anywhere, but my platform did. My friend said, why don't you start a blog? And I did. And that's kind of the beginning of how this has been such a great adventure for me. Yeah, you really were on the forefront of blogging even. I mean, you know, and now everybody, I, I did a little blogging back then and then kind of didn't follow through on it. But I think you had, it makes it so accessible to people. So even though your book didn't get out there, your words did, and all of the fabulous blogs are, they're just so interesting and they're still, they hold true today, however many years later, more than 10 years, right? Well, what I did end up doing is after I got going on my platform, which really includes both the blog and the podcast, which I know we'll talk about in a yeah. little bit, but then I wrote the book I should have written in the first place, which is, you know, they say, write what you know. Right. So I wrote a book on job search for people over 50. Uh, and so that was something that, uh, yeah, that it's now that book is, it will be in January. It will be celebrating its 10th birthday. So... But I really have found, you know, that people get all worried about, oh, I have to have the latest technology for my job search. I have to do this, I have to do that. It's basically the same stuff. It's people and who you know and how you present yourself and your networking opportunities and all sorts of things like that. So it's pretty valid, I think, still. But um, anyway, so that's, that's, I did get a book published. And at that point, I started writing job search articles for Huffington Post. So that was okay. another thing I did. Well, I think that's quite an accomplishment because I know so many people who want to be published in Huffington Post and you just have to persevere and you have to have a platform. <laughs> there you go, Kim. Well, and I know in your background, you have a background in publishing. So you're, I'm talking to the expert here. Well, hardly. I, hardly. I mean, I'm not really an expert in publishing by any means. But it's so funny when you say that, you know, you have to have a platform. I keep thinking of platform shoes. Platform oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh but well you know you know I know there are people listening who are looking for jobs can you can you give us any hints about what might I mean I didn't know we were going to go in this direction but since you brought up your book and I think it's it, it validates you as an expert of course what makes it different looking for a job at over 50 say than it would if you were 30 I mean despite the age difference and the wrinkles. But I mean, what are there some specific things that you would say a couple of points that make it, you know, easier for women over 50? Well, Kim, uh, thank you. Yes, we can talk about that forever because that, that's a, also a passion of mine. Not, you know, just because boomers have ruled the world for a long time and we don't want to get pushed aside so easily. Uh, unfortunately, though, I just saw... It was another, it was a podcast I was watching, uh, or, or uh, sorry, a YouTube video I was watching, uh, that they were having job experts on it, and they were saying age discrimination now starts at around 35. I oh, mean, my gosh. I know. Remember, we didn't trust anyone over 30. They, they gave us five more years, but they, but it's, so 
you know, without a doubt, it's going to take you a lot longer. Uh, these are old statistics, but they used to say that people over 50, uh, it would take a year for them in general to find a new position where someone in a younger age group would take them about three months. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer, not, not a little bit, maybe far longer amount of time. But the one thing, there are a couple of points I would really want to get across. First, do not get discouraged by what I just said, the statistics. <laughs> <laughs> really, because statistics are generalizations. That's what they are. Right. So you can't take into account you know, your individual network, how many hours a day you put into reaching out to people, what you have to offer, what your res what's on your resume, how many opportunities there are in your area for you to find employment. All sorts of variables are definitely, uh, those are, you know, individual. So, you know, just take it for what it's worth. Figure you'll probably run into some roadblocks, but don't let it become so overwhelming that you stay under the covers and don't do anything. Right. That's and number one. Oh, go oh sorry. Go. <laughs> I'm, you can tell this. I'm on a roll. Can you you are on a roll. I'm sorry to interrupt, but what, what comes to mind when you're talking about this, because it is hard to actually go into, get a job in an office. And Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems in, to my mind, that's why so many people are becoming solopreneurs or starting their own business, especially older women, <clears throat> dare I say that word older, but where no one can see you if you're doing an online business or if you're a coach or you're, you know, it seems to me that it would make sense if you have a skill set that you can use and utilize through the uh, World Wide Web that you can create your own job. But many people need to the security of a job and those lovely benefits we all need, I guess. Well, and, and a stable income, too. Right. That's right. one thing. I mean, people think you'll make a lot of money on the Internet, and some people do. I, I'm not one of those. Don't, don't ask me about that. But, uh, yeah, no, I think you bring up a wonderful point, Kim, that the good news is so many options are available to us now with the Internet and through these other means of communication. The other good news is we have a lot to offer. You know, we've had a whole lifetime of building skills, of dealing with people, of overcoming adversity, of handling problems, of all these kinds of issues. So, yeah, I think being some kind of a consultant uh, or doing some kind of counseling, like you said, or offering a product or service out there, there's a lot more opportunities that way. Yeah, I, I am so sorry to interrupt you because you were going on to another point when I interrupted you with what I thought was such a sage comment, but may not have been. So what? Very, <laughs> uh, in my opinion, it was quite sage. Kim. <laughs> very sage. <laughs> but well, I am over fifty. Well, <laughs> so I have a lot of sage advice, as do you. Um, but so, uh, any other point that you? Yeah, would the other to? main point I wanted to make yeah. is the the fear around technology and things like that. Oh, oh we yeah. as I mentioned earlier. Oh, we got to have the latest bells and whistles. We have to, you know, they're going to be doing all these things with our resume and all that especially if you're over 50, before then too, but especially if you're an older person, you are far more likely to get your job through your personal connections than any other way. If you send a resume in to an online posting or, you know, or in the olden days through the newspaper, but an online posting now, you can bet you're going to give yourself two 
things, one of them being maximum competition, because if you like it, 10,000 other people like it, right. and a real road to discouragement, because uh, it has to be absolutely aimed specifically to the posting, because they're going to put the skill sets in that they're looking for, and they've got software now that will only pull up resumes that have those skill sets. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, so if you're over 50, chances are, especially in the technical relate technically related field you may not have those skills uh, but you get your skills you get your connections through people you know and you walk in with what you call the halo effect you have the basic skill sets but you are overcoming all that competition because if somebody gives your name to say the hiring manager like hey you ought to interview so-and-so and I'm talking about a large corporation but I think your chances are way better in smaller places that, you know, you're looking, you're getting jobs through your friends and through people they know. So my advice is don't hide behind your computer. Get away from that thing. I mean, make a good solid resume, but stay away from the computer and get out there and talk to people and don't be afraid to tell your friends, you know, you don't want to beg or anything like that. Obviously we don't want to put a lot of pressure on people, but uh, as you know, I'm looking for something and these are a couple of companies I'm looking at, or these are some of the areas. I'm focused on and if you have an, if a name comes to mind that you might be able to recommend me to I'd really appreciate or you know if you have any suggestions for me I'd really appreciate that and that way you kind of it's not a lot of pressure but you let them know and, and they'll be on your team yeah I feel like that's true of any age it's who you know and how much you put yourself out there and how willing you are to network so I guess it just does that doesn't change after any any age I totally agree. The one thing I will say that changes is your percentage of finding a job, say, at that way, you know, through people you know when you're 35, I mean, still probably at least 50%. When you're 55 or 60, it would go up to like 80, 85, 90%. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's really, ageism is a thing. And it is, uh, even though we have so much wisdom. <laughs> yes, we, especially you and I, Kim. Well, <laughs> we want to toot our own horns. <laughs> amazing. And if anybody would like to put us out there um, on Instagram and pay us a lot of money to be like audacious old broads, as you say, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> well, Kim, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just love, well, okay, so we got the job thing. Put yourself out there. It's who you know. Just be persistent and, and you will get something. But let's also talk about, um, so do you, are you currently writing for the Huffington Post? I know that actually one of the things that the Huffington Post, they used to have this wonderful, you know, they had all these subdivisions of Huffington yeah. Post. And I wrote for HuffPost 50, which was wonderful because it focused uh, mainly on, you know, well, obviously the title says it all, HuffPost 50. Right. So they, they, when um, Ariana Huffington sold it, uh, I think it went to a, they, they aimed it at a younger audience. They got rid of HuffPost 50 and oh. several other of the little posties, the baby posts. <laughs> and uh, now it, uh, if you'll look on it uh, and, and watch any of the videos, they're all, they're all babies out there. So yeah. So unfortunately that's, that's no longer case, but that's another thing when you have, when you get a little older, you have to deal with some of those disappointments. Right. And, right. I obviously I can tell I have not read anything on there in a while and now I know why. I get it. I get it. So what, what you are currently doing, correct, is uh, blog talk radio. You have a program. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Kim. Yes, I do. <laughs> Two old audacious broads. Okay, not old, just audacious. How's that? <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about it? Yes, please. Well, I don't know why I'm giggling so much because being over 60, I can giggle whenever I want. How's that? <laughs> and well, I, 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 say, I, I, I am well over 60. Actually, I am, I am now. I'm going to say it. I, say it. Say it. I'm 71. Oh, so, yeah. So I've been around for a while. And um, I really think one of the things about getting a little older, and since I do have a few years on you, yeah. I, will, I will be even more sage than you, Kim. Ooh, <laughs> so sage. The same no, but really, I think, I, you know, again, it's so much about how you feel about yourself, your youthful spirit, you know, you're wanting to find out new things. But this podcast, even though other things, you know, may not have worked out, uh, but a lot of them did. So, but this podcast has been so exciting for me. And I have, I have met and spoken with just, you know, I've been very, very lucky, some amazing people. And this, I think when you look at, again, some of the disappointments, you and Cheryl had discussed some things, like I'd mentioned earlier, that may not have come out the way you wanted, and then surprise, surprise, came out even better. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with this podcast. So uh, I can go into more detail if you want, but I don't. Oh, because you didn't tell us what you talk about. You didn't give us in any way we can listen. Come on, let's have some juice. What's going on in this podcast? Okay, well, actually, what happened was, right when it came out, I was interviewing, you know, some local people I knew, but um, Suzanne Braun-Levine, whose name you may not recognize, but she actually was the first and the founding editor. People think it was Gloria Steinem, but it was Suzanne. Well, Gloria started it, but Suzanne was the editor for, uh, um, uh, gosh, <laughs> Now, it's from magazine. Bingo. I thought, wow, talk about aging. Ms. Magazine. So she had just come out with a new book, and her book was called 50 is the New 50. So her PR person saw my podcast and said, would you like to interview Suzanne Braun-Levine? And I said, uh, yeah. And I did, and it went well, and we became friends. And anyway, so that, my name got out there with PR people. So I've interviewed really fascinating people. Uh, some of your other favorite guests. Let's talk about some of the other people that you've interviewed. Yes, well, as I just mentioned, I did have an opportunity to interview a number of authors. Uh, I mentioned Mary Higgins-Clark and David Baldacci. Oh. But I also was lucky enough, and this has been provided me with a lot of fascinating content, uh, were various organizations like specialists that AARP, the, the head doc for AARP, a lot of interesting uh things about health and, you know, things that we need to do as we age to, to keep ourselves feisty, as I like to say. Uh, also the Mayo Clinic and National Geographic. And then one of my all-time favorite stars, who's unfortunately passed away, but she, I actually got her on my own and she was kind enough. I think she came on either three or four times and such a lovely lady was Florence Henderson. Oh, <laughs> oh I know. She just, she inspired me. Talk about feisty. She, I think she passed away at 82 or something but she she gave so much of herself uh, surprisingly a lot of people don't know but she was partially deaf uh, here she was this wonderful singer with this voice and had these hearing issues that she overcame and so she did a lot of uh, volunteer work around hearing loss and and other health related things and she just she had a spirit that I I still turn to her in my mind what would Florence do wow. she was She's and amazing that she was she uh, did she have a hearing loss throughout her entire life? No, I think it came later. 
I think it came later because she'd been a Broadway star. Right. And she actually, uh, I know I've got to make sure I say this right because, again, I'm 71. My memory's not always so (laughs) acute as I would like it to be. But she was the first Today Show girl way back in like 1950. Remember when the guy with the monkey was on? Florence was the first Today Show girl. Whoa. (laughs) That's really cool. So you've gotten to um, interview some really, really interesting people. Yeah, I have. And so that's been such a joy. And some of them have become my friends. Um, Gloria Loring, who you may know. She, oh, I do. I do. Yes. She's a lovely, lovely lady, too. And um, then I got to interview Karen Allen. Remember her from Animal House? And, yes, of course. Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't want to name drop all morning, but <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> but it's been, it's been so wonderful. It's just that has been it's just Again, when you look back and you try to have gratitude, which I do, uh, I'm very grateful for many things in my life. But this is one of those that's kind of sparkly and fun gratitude, too. Well, it is. And, you know, the thing that's so great about this is I love podcasts and I listen to them. But there are so many that do not interview women over a certain age who have the fabulous accomplishments, which is what we try to do, of course, with the three tomatoes, you know, but we don't always get some of these incredible names that, that you have spoken with. And I think that's really, really important because as you said, you learned a lot from Florence Henderson and I'm sure that what she has to say would resonate with many women over a certain age because we grew up watching her too. And so I think it's great that you've done this. Well, Kim, thank you. But one of the things that I try to remember to do, because I think this is a big thing that, well, a wonderful life lesson. You've heard it before. It's not new to Florence, but she tried to do something that kind of frightened her, if not every day, pretty much every day. Right. And she went on, I saw her on the Food Network because she was on some stars competition on the Food Network. And I mentioned it to her and she said, you know, the real truth is I don't even like cooking. <laughs> <laughs> And she had a broken foot when she did oh. it. So they're hobbling around trying to do this real quickly. And there's Florence. I mean, everybody else was doing it real quickly. She's hobbling. But she, you know, I just thought, what a what a life. She also, again, I, this isn't all about Florence Henderson, but she wrote a book that I would recommend, um, Life is Not a Stage. It's her autobiography, which is very inspiring. Oh, that's good to know. No, I think it's really interesting, especially, you know, you want to keep yourself vital and especially, you know, as we age and you want to keep yourself feisty. And so your radio um, or your blog talk radio show is called the Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Is that correct? A Feisty Side of 50. And it's not only on blog talk. uh, If you go to my website, you can link to it. Also, it's on iTunes uh, or now they changed it now. It's not, they call it something else. I forget. (laughs) It's on almost any blog. Yeah, you can search for it, I am sure. Not that we want to promote someone listening just to yours, because, of course, we want them to listen to us, but we want them to listen to all of us. (laughs) That's it. Another thing is, I think as we age, there's way less feeling of, oh, i got to hold on to this because, you know, the scarcity kind of thing. It's We need to celebrate all of us. And that's one of the wonderful things about the tomatoes. I know that um, you guys have been wonderful about, you know, bringing people in and, and, that same kind of audacious slash spicy spirit is definitely a tomato spirit too. It is. It is. And we celebrate all women. It's wonderful. I, I really want everyone to be successful. There's enough out there in the world for all of us to be successful, you know, and, and inspiring and engaging. So 
on a daily basis, what do you do to keep up your spirit, to keep feisty? Oh, well, Kim, <laughs> actually, you know, one of the things, and I learned this um, from my career counseling days, I, I, and I still looking for a job is all of it kind of boils down to this. You have to really check in with your values. What is important to you? And that changes over time. Mm -hmm. Like if you're looking for a job when you're younger, a lot of times salary will play a major role. And as you get older, fulfillment is going to play a major role. You know what I mean? Different things like that. Your value systems change. But I try to boil, I recommend people, no matter what your age, but especially as you get a little bit older, come up with three, four, or five values that are really important to you. And they can be general, like one of mine's relationships. Well, that means everything. But try to check in at least once a day, maybe when you get up in the morning or when you go to bed at night, you have, I lived my values. Mm. That is, other, otherwise, you think, oh, this is important, then you kind of forget, and you know, you open the mail or, you know, whatever. And I do that too. I do. But I've made a list to try to kind of look at them every morning. Not that I do it, but that's, that's one of my values to look at my values. <laughs> but. I really like that. I, I've never heard that before because, you know, most people will say, well, I exercise, all right, and that could be a value. But I really like that where you check in with your values, decide what your values are, and it could change weekly, I suppose, you know, or monthly, even depending on where you are in your life, health-wise, relationship-wise. I love that. To me, that's a very... Um, little tidbit, little juicy tidbit. I really like that. And well, you know, I didn't mean to get personal, but I was just curious. And this, you gave me an answer. Yeah. Well, Kim, thank you. And one other thing I want to just say, this is going way, way, way back when I used to do this with job search people, I'd ask them what are their top values and we talk about it and everything. And then my last question would be after we discussed all this, uh, oh, I also would say like, well, are you willing to trade off any of your values for a job, you know, whatever. So we'll see rather in depth and then at the end I'd say um, if I ask you to pull out your checkbook and your calendar uh, are you living your values in other words are you giving your resources your time and your money to your values and people go oh my gosh I'm not living any of these top values so we think they're important but again life gets in the way sometimes and then all of a sudden you're living a life that's not authentic to you and I think authenticity is a big thing about getting older we want to be more in alignment with, with who we really really are absolutely I'm just taking notes <laughs> okay Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Kim. I realized, oh, I can go back and listen to this. I don't have to take notes. But I'm so fascinated. I feel like, you know, we're sitting down having a conversation. I feel like I'm talking to a coach because you obviously were a career coach, you know, before, probably before coaching was sort of the catchphrase, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they it started, you could be a life coach. And, and actually, the reason I went into it is it wasn't necessarily I was particularly career oriented. It's just the, the fact of helping, you know, I love people. I'm a people person. I guess mm -hmm. you can tell, I can tell you are too. Kim. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, trying to help them, like I mentioned at the top of the program, you know, kind of figure out what was important to them, what they wanted to do, and, and how they wanted to express themselves in the world of work. That part was the exciting part for me. So, mm -hmm. What you want to express, how you want to express yourself in the world. And I think that that's really important. And I don't know about you. Well, you probably don't. But some days I'm, I'm sort of like, well, I'm not doing anything today that's, that's going to make a difference. And I think when you realize that time is of the essence, yeah. that you want to kind of 
either make a difference out in the world or with yourself and not just be stagnant. To me, it's really important to keep moving. You don't want your muscles to stagnate. You don't want your brain to stagnate. And I think it's really important for people to, and I think when you talked about your values, to take stock of your values. I love that. I'm going to implement that. I really like that idea. It's a different way uh, of looking at life, I think. Kim, you just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> that made me feel so wonderful. Yeah, because that's the other thing. I think that, again, none of us may be, you know, those magnification mirrors are a little frightening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, um, you know, wrinkles are the gift that tells you we don't have all that. That, you know, life is not going on forever. Put it that way. And, you know, and then, too, you want to see, I think that the catchphrase now is, um, uh, not lifespan, but health span, you know, live long, die short, you know, but while yeah. you're, while we're healthy and while we can give, why not, you know, again, align with your values and, and make a difference. Uh, and I think that's another part of getting our, I mean, again, I'm older, but our age group is, uh, that's the time to kind of give back and, you know, think, well, what, why was I born? What am I here for? What can I do? And, and what can I do with the time I have left to me? I, I agree with that. I mean, I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, as we wrap up, I want to read these three things that you, three little statements, questions that you have on your website, because I think that I'm going to print them out and put them on my computer. And then I would love for you, uh, some closing remarks for you, but I want people to hear this. Of course, they can go to your website, but I just want to read them. How do you plan to become an audacious old broad? Love it. What ways will you break the age barrier and shine as your maturely magnificent self? Love it even more. And how will you age with attitude and style? I love those three statements. <laughs> Thank you. I think you are embodying all of them, my bodacious, audacious friend. <laughs> I don't think you need to print them out. I think they're... I can tell. I think, <laughs> as we would say in the career counseling field, your core competencies. <laughs> well, I like that. My core competencies. I think that's why those three um, speak to me so much. Because as I have reached, you know, over a certain age, those are things that really resonate with me. Because I'm all about, you know, letting your inner light shine. What did you want to be when you were eight years old? Use that to motivate you. And, and aging with attitude and style, I know you're doing it. I'm trying to do it. I got the attitude. I think we got the sassy attitude. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything that you would like to uh, enlighten our audience of over a certain age women, uh, give any advice or anything you would like to say? Well, Cam, thank you. I, I mean, I, again, as sage as I am, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate this opportunity. I again, I'm a big fan of the tomatoes, and now I get to be a big fan of you personally. So we've got the chance to talk. I like that a lot. I, I just, I think the the thing is, is again, you know, follow my friend Florence's lead. But really, if if we, I find myself too. I think one of the biggest things is we don't want to allow our world to get too small. So we got to keep pushing the boundaries. Do a little something that might be new or different all the time. Remember, you know, uh, we've all heard the attitude of gratitude, but not only with, you know, grateful for the things that we have provided, you know, we have, have had 
provided to us in our lives. But I think expressing gratitude and thanks to other people in ways, you know, again, trying to make the world a little bit better place and have fun. I, that would be it. I mean, have fun and celebrate life because it really is a gift and, you know, we got to live it. I love it. Let's live it and let's be enjoy our feisty side of 50. So I would love everybody to go to your website and to listen to your blog talk radio show. What is your website? Tell us, tell everybody. Uh, FeistySideOf50.com. Love it. And that's also the radio show. So uh, you've interviewed such fascinating people. I want everybody to get out there and listen. And I am very grateful that you agreed to be on our podcast because you know you have touched so many people with your words and I hope that the two of us have made a difference in someone's life today. I love that too, Kim. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks and I'll uh, talk to you soon. <laughs> Sounds good.